0: I think right now he needs to continue to just go hoop. I think that's working for him. He got 31-9-5 against us by using his motor, by finishing around the basket, and he got to the free throw line at a high rate. Just that aggressiveness and continue to attack. He should probably have been voted an all-star originally. It probably shouldn't have come as being an alternate, but needless to say that it's well-deserved. It's a valid reward for a guy who's playing at an all-star caliber level. I think everybody's pretty excited to be here for All-Star weekend and be able to take that week off to kind of reset because it's a 26-game spread to finish the season. A lot of teams are in position to try to do some damage in the playoffs and some teams are trying to make the playoffs like we are. So that's time to kind of handle those things. Welcome to the Cortez Kennedy episode of Pull Up. That's right, episode number 96. We've almost hit the century mark. I am currently in Chicago. Jordan is currently in New York. There's snow in both places. I can't wait to get to the Bahamas. But before we do that, we must update you on things across the league. More specifically, the Portland Trailblazers. Blazers. Damon said to receive an MRI uh, today, hopefully, uh, to determine that he won't be out very long with the growing injury that he received in the final game before All-Star break on the road against Memphis. Uh, we end up dropping that game. We lost both games in, uh, in our back-to-back before All-Star break. Um, Hopefully we can pick up the pace with the last 26-game sprint to the finish line and and lock ourselves into a playoff spot. I think Memphis has the toughest schedule remaining in the NBA, and we have a lot of home games and, and one or two more long trips on the road before we conclude this season. But in the meantime, Gary Trent Jr., are you surprised, Jordan, that Gary Trent Jr.'s emergence, the way he's played the last 12 games, more specifically the last month and a half,
1: CJ, I'm not surprised at all Gary Trent coming out of high school was a McDonald's All-American, obviously had a great year at Duke, and then he's a second-round pick, and he had to wait his turn. And I think, you know, you and Dame have both talked about it, his patience, his work ethic, and he's someone that has come in and shot the ball extremely well. Uh, He went for 30-plus. He had a 5-3 performance against Miami where he had all five threes were assisted on, and that speaks a lot to what you were saying about him as a really good catch-and-shoot guy, and I would imagine that, you know, it's really helped you having someone else off the bench that can put pressure on the defense, spread the floor, make threes, and also, um, you know, can, can, you can put him in a ball screen and he can make a three so or, or a pull-up jumper. So I, I wonder for you, like, I guess the question isn't whether or not you're surprised, but more so, what
0: has his emergence uh, these last few weeks done for you? I think his emergence has definitely helped us as a team. Uh, for one, it gives us another guy who can create Uh, offense for himself, being able to shoot, being able to shoot off the bounce, uh, create some turnovers, some havoc to where we're getting out in transition and getting easy baskets. And I think from a shot credibility standpoint, other teams are starting to recognize that he's a knockdown shooter, a guy who's shooting over 41 percent from three on the season as it shot 44 to 47 percent the last, I don't know, five to five to 10 games. When you have another guy like that that creates that spacing, um, it, it allows you to, to get easier lanes to the basket and it allows you to to be able to trust in guys uh, down the stretch of games. As we've seen in the Miami Heat game, he goes five for seven uh, from three, all coming on catch and shoot situations and a lot of them uh, being threes that he hit in the fourth quarter of a highly contested game that we needed on ho- on our home floor. A guy like Gary Trent, you're happy to see his success because you understand the patience it took to get there. You know, not playing right away, um, having to go back and forth um, from practicing to not playing in games, to being in a suit, to really using the pregame as your game, to now suiting up and playing 20, 25 minutes a night. I think that, you know, that. That has come full circle for him, and I, I can relate to his understanding and, and confidence, and never wavering throughout this process. Understanding that there's a light at the end of the tunnel, I'm just happy that it's come sooner than later for him, and now he's able to kind of see what he can do at the NBA level.
1: Yeah, he had uh he's averaging about 14 over his last 12, 34 threes, and he's hit double digits in nine nine different games, in the 30 point game against Oklahoma City was really interesting because um he was very sick the night before against Dallas and I totally spaced on this and uh shout out to producer Joe for this these great notes because I didn't realize he was he was that sick the night before and looked like he might not even play and then he then he hits Oklahoma City for 30. So um yeah, it's it's a great story. I I think he's a really really legitimate NBA player, like score. Like he's a professional NBA scorer. Um and we we we've, we've talked a lot about You know, Simons uh, and how talented he is as a scorer. We we saw him last season at times explode. If you can get Trent and Simons both giving you double-digit scoring, CJ, especially without Rodney, um, you're talking about an entirely different
0: offense. Yeah, exactly. I think that with Rodney being out, with Dane potentially being out for a little bit, it's going to be very important for other guys to step up. And obviously, you can't replace 29-7 and five uh from one person but you can continue to spread the wealth and i think other guys will have opportunities to to be more aggressive to play more minutes to have their name called and hopefully they rise to the occasion but as you said before those guys are more than capable it's just about consistently putting together strings of games understanding the nba system uh, continuing to work on their bodies so that they can withstand the rigors of a long season where you're playing heavy minutes traveling and being counted upon to consistently produce
1: Somebody that is consistently producing, CJ, is one Zion Williamson. You may have heard of him, pull-up fans. He's just 19 years old, and he recently had 39, or 31, I should say, and you guys saw him firsthand. Just to give you an idea, see, about how uh, how prestigious these numbers are, only three 19-year-olds previously in league history had a 31-9-5 and 5 game. LeBron, Kevin Durant, and Luka Doncic, and now Zion. So seeing him firsthand... What was your what was your takeaway especially from an explosive standpoint
0: and just the sheer power of his game? He's good. He's going to be very good for a long time, but my only concern is that he tightens up his body, obviously. Um, he's 19 years old, he's still growing, he's still learning, he's going to continue to get stronger and have a better understanding of how to utilize his skill sets, but to be able to score the way he did, you know, 14, 15 free throw attempts, everything was basically inside the paint, his motor was outrageous, he made the right plays when he was double teamed, he's explosive and has a crazy second bounce, Um, he's going to be very good and elite for a long time, and as he continues to figure out how to adapt his body to this league, uh, he's only going to become more impressive in terms of being in better shape, understanding angles, understanding go-to moves, how to get from left to right as opposed to right to left, and continues to work on his jump shot. He's going to be a a serious problem. He's already dominant, and he still hasn't really figured out the NBA game yet. He's kind of playing on... Just ability. Yeah, ability and athleticism. He's not even really thinking the game yet. Once he begins to think the game and continues to kind of figure out... Their system, how the Pelicans are going to use him going forward, and gets more familiar with the team around him, he's going to be a serious problem. Um, he'll be he'll be dominant for a very long time. My only concern is is that he continues to tighten up his body because with the way he jumps. It's a lot of force on those knees, a lot of force on those joints. And I'm sure that their staff is well aware of it and continue to figure out, you know, a plan going forward because they've never seen anything like this. The league's never seen a guy six, 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 seven, 285 pounds that's explosive and moves like a, moves like a deer, but has the strength of a horse. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's that combination of power, speed, quickness and, uh, Agility just hasn't been seen on a basketball player before. He's got like a football body, but moves like a basketball player. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. What's interesting is that the Pelicans, and I've talked to uh, quite a few people around the league uh, in terms of how they're trying to approach him from a, um, I guess, physicality perspective and specifically the jumping because to your point, he's a great second jumper. It's not just the first jump. It's the second jump and he gets off the ground so fast. So they've worked with him on landing on two feet as opposed to one. Um, But you're never like with, with that type of weight and power, regardless of how you land, there's still a tremendous amount of force coming down. And because he jumps so high, that force is multiplied exponentially. So it's a really tricky it's a good problem to have but it, it's it's something that is very important to um, think about short and long term he he's an incredible offensive rebounder in large part because of that second jump he has really good timing um and it's these god-given type of abilities that he's obviously relied on re- relied upon for so long but he's also uh he seems to to have a pretty good understanding um, of spacing uh cutting he makes himself available um I think he's a very decent I think he's a, at least a decent passer, a willing passer. And uh, I go back to the, the fact that he's so young, CJ. When he does learn, to your point, about how to really think the NBA game and make things easier on himself, it is a, it is a scary proposition. Um, is there anything that you saw firsthand that you, you would say, okay, you got to do this differently like right now, just in terms of
0: uh, style, playing style? I think right now he needs to continue to just go hoop. I think that's working for him. He got 31-9-5 and five against us by using his motor, by finishing around the basket, and he got to the free throw line at a high rate. Just that aggressiveness, that ability to finish around the basket and continue to attack, I think they'll do a great job of putting him in position to succeed. They'll put him around the basket and allow him to continue to have opportunities to attack and be aggressive. But for him, it's just more so tightening up the skills, Yeah, being able to make free throws, being able to shoot those open threes because guys are going to continue to sag off because his paint finishing is outrageous. He's going to finish around the paint. and If he doesn't, his second jump is faster than your first, and he's getting off the ground to get the rebound. But if he can tighten up some of those skills, understand angles a little bit better, and that stuff is going to come. He's only played nine or 10 games. Talking about a guy who's, what, great, great job on the numbers. He scored at least 14 points in each of his first nine career games. He's the third player in the NBA history with seven twenty-point games in their first ten. The other, the other two being Grant Hill and Shaquille O'Neal, two guys who were dominant in different ways. Grant was finesse with power with skill. Shaq was all skill and finesse and power. When when he was skinny man in Orlando,
1: <laughs> and this kid's got. A combination of everything does he not?
0: He does. He's, he's he's unlike anything everybody's ever seen. Like Melo said it before, he's never seen anything like this. Right. Jordan, you have probably never seen anything like oh. this. I've never seen anything like this, and I watched the game just as much as anybody.
1: Yeah, and obviously this the the skill development's not there yet, but but he does have certain skills, and I think rebounding is a skill. I, mean, I really I, I I value it so much, especially offensive. But I don't like when I look at him. The, the athleticism and the power, the only thing I've seen that's comparable in the sheer size is LeBron. Now, Zion's not as tall. Uh, he's not as skilled as LeBron was in terms of the passing and the ball handling when LeBron came in the league. But athletically and power-wise, CJ, yes. I mean, that's, that's the comparison. But he's also, I think he's going to be one of these guys that you can put him all over the floor and he can play... Multiple spots and be extremely effective because he can be a four, but he can also guard four positions. You know he can be a four offensively, but then he can guard four spots. You can you're not going to be able to hunt switches against Zion. He's going to be a great weak side shot blocker, um, and like you said, he always seems to get back to that left hand in the paint. And because he. He's got so much ability to hang in the air. He and he's got a really nice touch around the basket. He's able to convert. I go back to the preseason when 34 of his 35 makes um, in the in the preseason, CJ were in the paint, and everybody kept saying like the downside is 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 this going to be able to translate? And and we've seen it already. It will. Um, but that's why I was going back to you about like skill development and just making things easier, right? Like when you talk to when you talk to veteran players especially bigs, they'll talk about get yourself a 15-footer, get yourself a a pick-and-pop three, make life easier for yourself. These are the things that I think you're referring to. Yeah,
0: absolutely, because although he can dominate the paint all night long and continue to bang and finish around the basket, at some point, that takes a toll on the body over an 82-game season with back-to-backs and travel you need to be able to get to the free throw line and get uncontested shots. You need to be able to knock down those uncontested threes when they're sagging off because then they have to respect your jump shot. And once they respect your jump shot, it's easier to get to the basket. So I think as he continues to develop angles, as he continues to get more familiar with the game and continue to push his skills forward, the game will only get easy for him. It already looks easy. It's a lot of finishing around the basket, quick jumps, he's efficient, he's getting to the free throw line. But as he continues to figure out angles, and tighten up his jump shot. The game will only continue to get more easy for him. Yeah, I just think from a athleticism standpoint, he's
1: in power. He's he really is in an, in an entirely different stratosphere than just about everyone. And when you see, it was really interesting to see the dichotomy, CJ of Hassan guarding him and then Trevor, and how Zion was able to adjust and 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 do things differently. Now, you know, I I think. It's it's going to be really difficult to project him long-term, like what what he can't do. I mean, I don't, I, I just think he's going to continue to improve, but you do have to take into consideration the fact that at some point there will be a real scouting report, other than just go under screens or let him shoot threes. There, there will be a scouting report developed on him that nine games as a sample size just can't. Uh, I do wonder how teams will... Will will guard him differently, um, but at some point too, like he's just so relentless around the basketball that he seems to find a way. So, um, I appreciate I appreciate what you're saying. Uh, I really do because you you saw it firsthand. Were you were you impressed with the with his power? I mean, I guess what impressed you the most?
0: I've seen him on TV. I've watched a lot of his games uh, from Duke to preseason to now, and uh, just the combination of strength and speed. I haven't seen it before. And to see it in person, you know, he gets off the ground quick. He's explosive. He has a second jump that is probably unmatched in this league. And he's just aggressively strong, like a controlled aggressive. Like, he knows who he is. He knows how to get to his moves. He knows how to get to that left hand. And he's just a strong, relentless basketball player, like a guy who just goes out there and is aggressive, is relentless. And they know he's athletic. They know how to use him. So far, and have put him in a position to succeed by not force feeding him too much, but you know, giving him um, plays here and there, making sure they pass ahead to him in transition, having live plays out of timeouts and dead ball situations. I think they're they're playing it smart and they're letting him kind of figure out what what he can and can't do, and then they continue to go forward and adjust accordingly.
1: Yeah, well, he also has counters. He he are, he has he has really good footwork, and and he's able to, um, you know change very suddenly like his 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 quick twitch is unbelievable but he's able to counter it with another really quick twitch and that's what's amazing to me that the change of direction and just at his size and weight I was talking to um Jamel McMillan who's one of their assistant coaches I, I grew up with Jamel and um you know he does a lot of player development and um I mean they're obviously extremely excited and but he was saying like he's like he He's been ready for a while. This is right as he was coming back. So to your point, CJ, I think they're going to be very, very cautious with him, both from a minutes perspective and also, um, you know, back to backs. I just, there's no rush there. So I, I'm I'm not worried if, in that sense if I'm a Pelicans fan, but I, I do want to see what the league does to figure him out or at least try to
0: counter him. Don't go anywhere because after the break, we're going to talk about All-Star Weekend, the festivities, Deepwood getting the nod, and so much more.
1: So all-star wise, you're in Chicago. What's the mood like there? I'm actually sitting this all-star break out. I was in Charlotte last year, did Super Bowl this year. So um, I'm not there. I'm sorry to say I'm leaving you alone. I know you're trying to get some nice room service. They will not accommodate you. But other than the room service issues, what are you uh, you experiencing? And of course, the cold weather.
0: Man, it's super cold out. I'm from the Midwest, so I'm used to it. But having moved to Portland, I'm not used to the snow anymore. I'm not used to it being one degree outside. I do have the, the jackets, you know, the, the North faces, the Canada gooses, whatever, is keeping people warm these days, the leaning jackets and the hats, but it's a different type of cold out here in the Midwest. You know, it kind of smacks you in the face when you go out there and uh, you got to really just protect your stuff. I've turned the heat up. I have my hoodie and sweats on and I'll only be leaving my hotel room to go to my events. I'll be hosting a panel with Amex. I'll be doing something for Players TV as well as a dinner for the NBA. And outside of that, I look forward to getting out of here. I look forward to relaxation. I look forward to sunlight, toes in the sand, and getting some color back because I am super pale right now. And outside of that, I think everybody's pretty excited to be here for All-Star weekend. I know the players are, I know the fans are, I know the staff enjoys All-Star break because it gives you a chance to kind of reflect, it gives you a chance to kind of relax your mind and physically take a break from the rigors of the basketball season. Um, I think it's a a great time of year to have uh, reflection and be able to take that week off to kind of reset because it's a 26-game spread to finish the season. A lot of teams are in position to try to do some damage in the playoffs, and some teams are trying to make the playoffs like we are. So that's time to kind of handle those things. Obviously, for Dame, it's a different situation. The excitement of being here for All-Star Weekend, but then not understanding, you know, your future uh, with the growing injury, he says it's not too bad, but we have to you know, wait for the results. Uh, hopefully he's not going to be out too long and we can make this push together. Uh, Lord knows our team needs him out there. He's been playing extremely well, playing some of the best basketball of his career, some of the most efficient basketball uh, of his career to date, um, especially that last month and a half run that he had in January.
1: CJ, I do think things will change dramatically when Nurk comes back. Um, How's he doing?
0: Nurk is doing well. Um, His body looks great. He's probably in the best shape he's ever been in in his career. He's taking things seriously. He's changed his diet. He's hired a chef. Um... He looks great in terms of movement and everything now. It's just about mentally being ready to return. I think it's more about making sure his body is going to be able to withstand game action, going through practices, going through individual workouts, two-on-two, three-on-three, doing those types of things um, these past few weeks to kind of get himself ready. And then it's just more about um, figuring out uh, when he wants to return. Obviously, all-star break is here. Now he has that extra 7 to 10 days to kind of rest, recover, reflect, and get ready to make that return whenever he sees fit. Like I always tell him, whenever you're ready, don't don't listen to no one's timeline but yours. Don't listen to the, um, what people tell you to do. Don't listen to the outside noise. You come back when you're ready to come back because when you get hurt and you go through the rehab process, no one goes through it with you. You're the only one that has to get up at 6 or 7 a.m. You're the only one going through those types of things. So people can talk about, you know, when you should return but they don't have to put the work in uh, when things don't go well, and they don't have to put the work in when things are going well. So kind of trust your instincts. So hopefully he'll be back soon, but as I always tell him, take your time, and when you're ready, you'll know you're ready. That's great
1: advice as someone that has clearly been through some foot issues yourself, CJ, and as someone, me, who has experienced tremendous ankle problems. I really appreciate that. Coming back too early can be really... Really bad, to say the least. Um, so one note, one all-star addition. You mentioned Dame. Obviously, that opened the door for Devin Booker, who becomes the second highest scoring average, uh, first-time all-star in NBA history. So ahead of Bernard King, behind Mitch Richmond, uh, his 22.2 career average, CJ, slots him second. What was your take on uh, on Book getting the knot?
0: I was happy to see it. I think Dane vouched for him in the post-game interview. Um, looking at the what he's been able to accomplish this season, how well he's played, how efficient he's played. Um, he should probably have been voted an All-Star originally. It probably shouldn't have come as being an alternate. But needless to say, that it's well-deserved. I'm sure he's not disappointed in being elected as a reserve because he's still considered an all-star and I think it's worthy of of him to be an all-star based on his performance, averaging almost 26, shooting 50, 40, 90, basically like 36 from three, but 49 from the field, which is basically 50 and over 90 from the free throw line, and, and it has showed improvement in all aspects of his game, decision making, playmaking, mid-post finishing around the basket, creating in pick and rolls, creating in iso's. He's continued to get better, so I think it's a it's a valid reward for a guy who's playing at an all-star caliber level.
1: Yeah, I mean, Phoenix last year won 19 games. They, they're they up to 22 this season. They they won't be a playoff team, but they've been better. Um, you know, I, I think he, at 23 years old, you know, 10th leading scorer, certainly um, I, I'm with you. I, I thought he should have been an all-star instead of being an alternate, but regardless, he gets the nod. He also will be participating in the three-point contest where he holds the most points for any round in the final round of all time when he had 28 (laughs) two years ago. So that leads me to my most important question of the day is, who you got in the three-point contest?
0: Man, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I think... You want me to give you the odds? Yeah, give me the odds.
1: Okay, so obviously Dame is out, so that changes the odds. Um, But as of about an hour ago, this is what we got. You got Trey Young 4-1. to Actually, let me just Trey Young and Devin four to one, Duncan Robinson, Davis Bertans, Zach Levine five to one, Buddy Heald, six to one, Joe Harris nine to two, and Devonte Graham ten to one. I'm taking Duncan Robinson.
0: His jumper is super wet. He's more of a jump
1: shooter though. You know, some he guys. a jump
0: shooter, but that that thing is super wet. I'm saying Duncan Robinson or Devin Booker. Devin Booker probably gonna have a vengeance. You know. They voted him in as a as a reserve alternate. See, I'm with you on book. Late edition. Probably probably had vacation plans. Now he has to cancel his vacation plans to come to Chicago. It's cold here. Interesting. But then you got Trey Young. Trey Young has got like the set shot. He's got this he's got the set shot off the rack too.
1: Exactly. That's the thing about Trey with the set uh, shot. That's it's tough. Devin's kind of a combination. Robinson I thought had a great shot um when they announced him, and there's no reason to think he won't be like if you listen to what the Miami Heat players say and 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 just talking to enough guys they'll they'll tell you that Duncan Robinson is um like one of the best shooters they've ever seen you know he's he's really special um but the jump shot to me think to me CJ is not ideal you know i mean Ray Allen was able to overcome it but that's Ray Allen i don't think i don't think it's ideal for the later rounds early on it's fine but then the legs start to go no
0: Yeah, that's true. The the higher you jump, the more tired your legs are. But if you're if you're a shooter like Duncan Robinson, I don't think it'll matter. It's just a matter of is he on or not, because his jumper is extremely wet. And although he jumps high, I have a feeling that it's going to still be extremely wet as he goes through these racks, uh, whether it's the first round or the third round.
1: Yeah, see, like the you know Clay, he was great because he didn't really. It was like a combo, and that's why I think about Devin. You know, it's like it's not it's not a it's a jump shot, but it's not like a Duncan Robinson. So that I like I like that style in this uh, in this scenario. Joe Harris is another one. I mean, he's won it. He he's tough. So okay. So so what's our? We have a wager. Do you want to take? I'll take
0: book, and you take D. Rob. Well, book has better odds.
1: Four to one, five to one.
0: Four to one is better odds than five to one.
1: All right, so one case, two case.
0: I'll take Duncan. <laughs> I'll take Duncan Robinson.
1: All right. I'll take him. Joe Harris n- no love for Joe Harris to, to uh, try to defend his We can
0: only pick one. You can only pick one.
1: Celebrity All Star Game Preview. This is the biggest joke of the show. I think we realize this is not too serious. But friend of the show, Common, is the captain, and he's ready to roll. I just talked to him. He hooped. I was hoping he'd come on the pod, but uh, he had to get his his uh his jumpers in. I'm gonna go with uh, with his team to win, but uh, he also has Quentin Richardson. I guess he'd be my MVP candidate. I'm taking Quavo. Do you want me to give you some of the some of the team Wilbon players versus team Stephen Hay? Sure, let's do it. Okay, quickly: Hannibal Burris, the actor; Chelsea Gray. Uh, there's a chef. There's a recording artist named Jadena. Team Stephen A has Chance the Rapper another Chicago guy they have Quavo they have Taylor Bennett they have Darius Miles that team's not bad yeah they're kind (laughs) of (laughs) good what what do I have to do to get in this game what do I have to do
0: I think you gotta you gotta know the right people
1: well Common is my guy
0: Mm mm-hmm and he didn't select you don't
1: go anywhere pull-up fans because when we come back we'll talk about the Knicks well be in the Knicks. You know what we didn't hit on quickly is the Knicks. I just want to say that, which and we've already talked about them, but because uh, Steve Steve Stout had some um, remarks that got him benched, uh, I I think it's so incredibly predictable. That would be the word I would use. It's predictable. That the Knicks said said to their newest hire. You know what? We don't. You don't speak for personnel. Like, how could this happen, CJ? I don't even. I don't even know how else you could be more dysfunctional than what the Knicks have experienced in the last.
0: Yeah, that's a that's years. a tough situation. Uh, when Stout went on TV, I knew um, something something not great was probably going to happen because they were going to try to trick him into talking about something. That's what usually what they do on TV, and they got to talk about personnel, and the Knicks obviously wanted to make sure that it was known that the president was running the show, not Steve Stout. But I thought it was funny that Steve compared himself to Drake. He was like, you know, the Raptors hired Drake, the Knicks hired me. Like I'm here to basically revamp the brand, uh, revamp the marketing and I think he's gonna do a great job with that.
1: Steve is is a marketing genius. I've known him for quite some time. He's very, very good at what he does, but the only way that he gets that opportunity is if basically Dolan allows him the the ability to do so. Like you can't you can't have success in any job, let alone of in a job of that type of pressure and exposure when you're not afforded the opportunity you know it's 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 not rocket science and they're just they you know Forbes value them at 4.6 billion dollars which is the highest of any NBA franchise that's more than the Lakers Warriors Celtics I mean it just it says a lot um about where they're at still after decades of irre- of basically being irrelevant so I I hope he gets the opportunity I'm just not confident that that he will yeah I'm not confident that he will To say the least.
0: I guess we'll find out soon enough. All right, so you're going Bahamas? Yes, sir. It's gonna be great. Gonna get some relaxation in, recharge for this sprint to the finish line. Hope you enjoy your time. To all our listeners out there, we appreciate you tuning in faithfully. We hope you have a great All Star break. Enjoy not watching basketball for a little bit. Take some time and reflect. Enjoy some time with family, whatever the case may be. You do that. You can catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Radio.com, backslash Pull Up with CJ, or wherever you get your shows. And don't forget to... Pull Up! Pull Up!
1: Special shout out to Cortez Kennedy. May he rest in peace. He was a big part of my childhood growing up in Seattle, one of my favorite players. So a special edition Pull Up pod to say the least.